Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, hello, how are you? It's Daryl. And it's episode 11 of Cage Rage, a Nicolas Cage podcast. How you doing? You good? How's your week been? Really? You don't say. I'll fight them for you. Just send me the coordinates. Um, So first of all, it's late. I know. Sorry about that. I'll be honest, I was playing The Last of Us 2 all of last week. I spent it very tired and emotionally all over the place because of that game. And I forgot to do it. So that's on me. Sorry about that. Uh, But we're here now. We're here with episode 11. So thank you for waiting, if you have been. Always very nice of you to uh, keep it posted, keep it real, keep it Cajun for the Nicolas Cage podcast. So we return after the absolute heady heights of Vampire's Kiss, um, which in terms of Nicolas Cage films, can that be topped? I don't know. But we come to a bit of a cooling off period here, a bit of a, a bit of filler in terms of the Cage Rage uh, overarching narrative on the journey to true Cage Nirvana. As we continue in 1988, and we go to the Adam Rifkin film, Never on Tuesday. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, I was kind of debating whether or not there was any any need to do this episode, because um, Nicolas Cage is in this film for about 20 seconds. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm shocked as well. I'm shocked as you are. He's in this film for about 20 seconds with an uncredited cameo as, and I quote, Man in Red Sports Car. Now, not many people could have pulled off this cameo with the style, with the panache, with the extravagance of Nicolas Cage, and in 20 seconds be better than the entire 90-minute film itself. Okay, and because the clip is so small, I'll play it for you. In its entirety. Um, You can find it on YouTube. It's fascinating. It's an incredible character study of how to make the most of your time um, if you're an extra in a background role. So actors out there, study this up there with your um, your Brechts and your Stanislavskis and um, your Cages, you know, the three powerhouses of acting, probably. I don't know who the first two are. I've just heard their names used before. And so a little bit of background just to give you some context, and also, because I'd like this episode to be longer than five minutes, Never on Tuesday was directed by Adam Rifkin, who has also helmed such films as The Invisible Maniac, Psycho Cop 2, and of course, who can forget 2007's stoner K-fan comedy, Homo Erectus. He also wrote such 90s classics as Mouse Hunt and Small Soldiers. Remember those? Remember Mouse Hunt? Remember Small Soldiers? Remember small soldiers? Ooh, I remember. Both of which are uh, probably better than anything else he's done and more interesting than a lot of what we're going to discuss until I did some research into the background of this film as well. Um, But here is the basic plot of Never on Tuesday. It's very much one of those coming-of-age teen films that you get in the 80s. um, Something which they tried to change up the plot a bit, something which Adam Rifkin thought thought was really pushing the boat at the time. So, in its basest form, 
Um, it's about two guys who are trying to make it big and they're driving in the desert and after a, a collision, they end up stranded in the desert with Tuesday. Um, both the guys find her very attractive and try to get Tuesday to fall in love with them, but, and this is where the push in the boat out here, Tuesday is, guess, get this right, a lesbian. <laughs> I know, right? In cinema, can you believe it? Um, and then they try to get her to fall in love with them, but soon learn that there's more than just someone's appearance, and then everyone grows, um, and then they also are attacked by crab people and must man the last line of defences against the crustacean abomination uprising. Now, one of those things I just said isn't true, but you wish it was, and I'm not going to tell you what part was a falsehood. Now, the film has... An audience score of 42% on Rotten Tomatoes, based on 754 user ratings. It was a very small budget, um, completely unseen, independent film, which a lot of people didn't really know about until uh, about a year, two years ago. The clip of Nicolas Cage's cameo was retweeted and went viral on on Twitter. Um... It's still out there, like I say, you can find this on YouTube, it's it's glorious, it's incredible, it's genuinely mind-bending, and for all the time I spent thinking, oh, is it really worth trying to pad something out for uh, what is essentially a glorified cameo? It is the greatest glorified cameo I've ever seen in my life. It is the greatest cameo I think has ever been committed to screen. Um... Nicolas Cage's character alone, um, he has this long curtain hair, this weird high breathy voice and this prosthetic fake nose um, which looks only slightly better than those sort of really cheap witches' noses that you get for Halloween costumes if your budget is approximately £3 um, and you're at Poundland because you forgot that it was Halloween party that you were going to in 10 minutes. So what we're going to do now is we're just going <laughs> to we're just going to play the clip. It's a 1 minute and 3 second clip of which Nicolas Cage is in it for like I say about 20 seconds. But you'll know Nicolas Cage's voice when you hear it. Okay, I'm not going to give you any prompts other than the, the brief description I've given you earlier. So <laughs> oh god, I'm so excited for you to hear this. So without further ado, here is Nicolas Cage as Man in Red Sports Car in 1988's Never on Tuesday. And you know, they're both kind of fat. Not really fat. It's more of a of a, a substance compared to a mass divided by hair. It's kind of strange. It's hard to understand. He explained it to me once. It went like this. See, your intake of food is different than your outtake. How you doing? Is anybody hurt? No, everybody's fine. Did I get somebody left? No, man, that's all right. Uh, got everything under control.
Okay, you 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 up to speed now? Do you need that playing again? <laughs> was that <laughs> was that not the greatest greatest cameo ever committed to cinema screen? I don't know. Some people think I'm exaggerating. You know, as I've touched upon before, when I say that Nicolas Cage is the greatest actor of our generation, um, but I stand by that. One day, if this podcast ever makes any money, and we both know it won't. I will get Nicolas Cage's face tattooed on my body. Okay? Maybe on a leg. Maybe on the entirety of my back. Maybe even over my own face. But that... That... Was something special. Right? And you know it was. You know it was. And I'll probably play it again because it's so... So incredible. Right? Um, I mean... There are a number of other cameos throughout the film as well. Uh, you know, Charlie Sheen, Emilio Estevez, Gilbert Gottfried, who were all very big up-and-comers at that point in the 80s. Charlie Sheen coming from Wall Street, uh, Emilio Estevez in Breakfast Club, Gilbert Gottfried, big up-and-coming comedian. Um, you'll recognise him with the voice. Some of you might be wondering as well, with, the, with such an outrageous cameo like that, what was the context? Okay, and now if you look on the YouTube video for this, there's a lot of comments on there. A lot of them, wonderful, wonderful comments. But there's one that sums up the entire scene in one sentence, which covers the film and Nicolas Cage's cameo as well, and reads as follows. Their cars broke down in the middle of the road, and Nick Cage just passes by briefly and randomly offers to help. That's all the relevance this scene has. Okay, so he's just... Weird, good Samaritan, minding his own business, and his help is shooed away by those cucks in that film. It's the kind of thing that Ian would do if you drove past him and he was broke down. But oh no, no, fine, it's fine. I've got, a, I've got a, a mattress in my car. Yeah. Speaking of which, right, I was um, unfortunately locked into a conversation with him the other week. I uh, was just going to check on my cat as he was running around outside doing cat things, minding his own cat business. I uh, got to, you know, stuck in the conversation of how, you know, back at work, lock down this, lock down that, and saying that his partner um, is managing a Greg's. He says, well, if you're looking for a change of career, the Greg's is looking for staff. He looked at me with a completely straight face. And I imagined my life putting sausage rolls into small paper bags, and I died a little inside. And I just laughed and went, <laughs> yeah, well... Well, I'll, give, well, I'll give it some consideration, and I immediately went inside and doused myself in fucking bleach. You boring, boring man. Now, as I said, a number of other cameos throughout Never on Tuesday, uh, but in an interview, Adam Rifkin said on Cage's cameo, the way that it worked with Nicolas Cage is he was given free reign to do whatever he wanted. That was the caveat. He said he'd do it if he could do whatever he wanted, so he came with a big rubber nose that he wanted applied, and he wanted to play this insane character, which we thought was hilarious. Now, there's an uncut version of his scene that needs to be unearthed from somewhere where he says some way more crazy things. That is not the version that ended up in the final film, sadly, but now I wish we could find it, because it's really, really bizarre. But that's the story of how his character ended up in the film, and became such a weird character. In my digging, there was an interview with Vulture, in which Nicolas Cage actually expanded further on this surreal character. And um, Nicolas Cage, the ever the statesman, would say, 
I had a whole character worked out for that one scene, a whole subtext, a complete unspoken backstory. The character was just some sleazy guy who wanted to pick up a girl in a Ferrari, and that wasn't so interesting to me. So I came up with a concept. This character had a physical deformity. He looked like a freak, long nose, bullied as a kid, called Pinocchio, in the schoolyard. His father felt bad for him, brought him a nice red Ferrari to make him feel good. He's lonely, and so when he sees these people on the side of the road, he wants to help them and see if they're hurt. They started screaming, Pinocchio, Pinocchio, but they cut that out. And I just got back in my car and drove right away. That's the whole character, all in 16 seconds. That, to me, is interesting. I wasn't going to be some guy in a swanky jacket with gold medallions. Hey, baby, get in my car. How many times have we seen that? If I'm in a cameo and I'm not getting paid, just let me do whatever I want and make some of my experimental visions come true. They said, go for it, the three most beautiful words any actor can hear on set. And I'd do it again, by the way. I'd do it again if someone offered me a cameo and gave me free reign to explore. I'd do it in a second. So do you hear that? Directors, writers, producers, film studios across the world. Let Nicolas Cage do whatever he wants and you will have the greatest actor of our generation in your film. Just don't offer him a script. Just say, do you want to be in a movie? He can do what you want and he'll be in it. Now, you're going to have to do some work to edit around that, but you got Nicolas Cage, and that always grabs headlines. You know what I mean? Now, some of the other comments on the YouTube video. So, like, the, the character, that's a spin-off I'd love to see. Why is he out of breath? WTF was that. I felt like I just tripped out for one minute and three seconds. Classic Nick Cage. I asked myself, what the hell did I just watch? But then I remembered, this is Nick Cage. What kind of idiot would pass up a chance to ride in a Ferrari with Nick Cage? Well, those three characters, apparently. Now you're probably wondering as well, well, what, well, what about the rest of the film, Daryl? What about the rest of the film? I mean, what I can tell you is Nicolas Cage was in it for 20 seconds. Nicolas Cage was in it for 20 seconds. They were the best 20 seconds of the film. He's in there for no other reason other than the film needed star power. Um... I mean, for the other 89 minutes of that film's 90-minute running time? Uh, yeah, didn't watch it. <laughs> uh, didn't watch it. Yeah, uh, couldn't be bothered. Uh, but based on that Nicolas Cage cameo, 10 out of 10. 